are kicking off a brand new series today called Fight Club, and uh, so excited about it. And the number one rule of Fight Club is, we found out all the people who watched a bad movie. And so don't, don't go see that movie, but uh, we are going to be talking about Fight Club. And I don't know if you're like me, but uh, the last couple of months, really, even probably the last year, I feel like a great way to describe it is it's been a fight. It's been a fight. Uh, there has just been uh, spiritual fighting that's been going on, of course, uh, emotional fighting. Man, I've, I have fought more with my mind in the last year than I've ever fought in my life. Um, I have fought more with discouragement, depression, despair, uh, man, just criticalness, criticism, just so many different things that I've fought. Uh, there's been tons and tons of relational fighting. How I many know you just look on the news, there's just so much relational fighting that's going on. The, the wars between races, the wars between politics, the wars between nations. So there's these relational conflicts that are going on. Financially, people have been hurting bad right now. So it's just been fights after fights after fights. And my prayer in this series is, uh, and by the way, we don't know how long this series is gonna go. Um, I've been talking with our our lead pastors about this, and uh, we have decided from now on, we're going to just, we're not going to predetermine how long series are going to go, because we have in in past and felt like we came up short, because there was so much more we could do. So uh, we've just said, we're going to just do it indefinitely. I know for sure this is going to be in all of April and all of May. I know that for sure, because I've already got eight messages ready to roll. Um, and so I, I'm really excited about where we're gonna go with this. We're gonna, get, we're gonna get really practical into some things about how do we fight. We're gonna talk about our mind next week. We're gonna talk about how to fight for our homes and our marriages. We're gonna talk about how to fight for our kids. Um, we're gonna talk about a lot of different things that the enemy is coming after. Um, but my prayer in this series is that your eyes would be opened to see that there is a fight going on, not to scare you, but to empower you, not to scare you, but to empower you. And so today in, in, in our first one that we're going to do, uh, I, I pray that today's is just opens up your heart, opens up your mind, opens up your, your eyes, your spiritual eyes to see something. So uh, in honor of this series, I went and got myself a bell right here. So round one, let's get ready to rumble. Are y'all ready? All right, let's go. All right, so Ephesians chapter six. Ephesians chapter six, we're gonna start in verse 10 and 11. We're gonna go to scripture. We're gonna let God's word do all of the heavy lifting in this series. And I also wanna encourage you in this, to be very mindful of the scriptures that we're using because these are going to be bullets in your chamber, okay? Bullets in your spiritual gun chamber. So be mindful of these. If you have the Bible app, highlight these in the Bible app and bookmark them and let them know. So Ephesians 6.10 says this, finally, be what? Come on, let's do it. Be? I mean, you got to say it strong if you're going to talk about strong. Be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your against the Devil schemes. Okay, so here's one. Point number one, right out the gate. Ready? The devil is real. The devil is real. He's not a symbol. He is a person. We know he's a fallen angel. He was one that was that was in heaven. And uh, you can go read the whole story of how pride got him to a place of thinking he was greater than God. And 
And uh, hey, wh whatever you believe when it comes to that, uh, I just wanna let you know, there is no war between God and the devil when it comes to like, are they wrestling with one another? I want you to know that when the devil made his decision, the Bible says it was like lightning he fell. Okay, so I don't know if, you've, if you watched, you know, Carmen and the champion, they didn't go 10 rounds. It was like, done. And so that's the God that we serve. And uh, there's not really a war that's just happening between Satan and God because God defeated him a long time ago. How many of y'all know that? Like it's, that's, that's over. And so, uh, but there is, there is a war that, that is taking place. And because he knows that he cannot get God, because God's already defeated him, Jesus has defeated him through the cross, he's going to go after the next thing that he can go after, which is what? Which is you and I, yeah. So watch this, so First Peter chapter five, verse eight says this, be alert, be alert, be of sober mind. Meaning, meaning don't, don't get so wrapped up in everything that's going on around us that you're not alert of what's happening. And, and if you're a, a trained military guy, and we have many people in our church that have served in the military, and uh, come on, we're thankful for you, grateful for you, grateful for you. But they are very, very aware that when they're walking into enemy territory that they are very alert of what's going on. There's not just joking around as they're walking the battleground. They, they know that there's things that are there. And, and, and Peter's telling us, hey, you need to be alert and be so reminded because your enemy, who? The devil. the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to, to devour. Okay, so, so Satan is like a hunter. And uh, over the last couple of years, I've, I've really gotten into hunting and more and more. I used to not be a hunter, but then if you're discipled by Pastor Bubba, you have to become one. It's just a part of it. All right, so uh, I've learned to, to actually really enjoy it, and now I'm starting to buy all the gear, and I'm like, I'm all in now, you know, I'm all in. And, you know, one of the things about hunting, uh, whether that's, you know, whatever type of hunting, we do more bird hunting, but I've done, I've done deer hunting, and now I've done boar hunting, and the whole job of a hunter is not to be seen. You're stalking your prey, but you don't want to be seen by them. In fact, um, they prefer, as a hunter, you prefer never to be seen. Um, so, so guys do weird things, like put like urine and stuff on them. I haven't gone that extreme, okay? <laughs> Just want you to know. I'm not that deep in yet. But I mean, they will do crazy stuff watching the soaps that they have. I mean, just everything, because they just don't, they wanna be very stealth. And, and, and we have an enemy who is exactly the same, and he, he masquerades himself, by the way, by looking like good things at times. The devil isn't around with a pitchfork, and you're like, yeah, that's the devil. The devil will mask himself by looking like good things that are not God things. And so we'll get into that way more in this series, but you just need to know first and foremost that the devil is real. Now, there are two extremes when it comes to people's views of the devil, because watch this, 50% of Americans don't believe there is a real devil, okay? So watch this. So you do one of two things. You either, here's the first one, you underemphasize him, meaning that some people, if they can't touch it, can't taste it, can't see it, they can't categorize it, then they'll just ignore it and deny it. They deny that there's any opposition, that there's any fight, and that everything in life is, is left to random and chance and luck, and there's really no real devil. But uh, can I just tell you, whether you believe he exists or doesn't, doesn't make him any less real. <laughs> 
So just because you can't see him doesn't mean he's not actually there. In uh, 1847, there was a Hungarian physician. I'm gonna try to get his name right. I got a picture of him. His name was Dr. Ignaz... I gotta speak in tongues to say this one. Simul, Simul Weiss. Is that a Weiss or Weiss? I don't know. Anyways. All right, so Dr. Ig is... Um, is was, was known for something, and uh, he was working in the, um, in the, what's the delivery maternity place? What's that called? What is it called? Labor and delivery. Okay, he was working in labor and delivery, and then he was finding out real quick that these children were dying. Like they were having very, very high mortality rates. And what he was finding out was that the, the doctors that were handling the delivery of babies, many of them were also handling the dead corpse of people when they were dying in the hospital. So they would go and handle the dead corpse of people that were dying. A mama would be delivering. They would run over and deliver the baby and the baby would die and the mom would die. They were having this high, high, super high mortality rate. And he started realizing that there's something that's getting transferred that they can't see between the two, and it's called germ therapy. So germ, the germ, germ theory, not germ therapy, germ theory. And in those days, they thought that the disease was just something spontaneous that would happen, you know, like if they had too much blood or too loss of blood or if it was too hot. And so this is what he did. So he, he told his interns that were helping with the process, this is what I'd like you to do. I'd like you to, before you go from the dead body to the, the woman delivery, I want you to wash your hands with water and a little chlorine. And he told all of his interns to do it. And as his interns did it, they started seeing these babies were now not dying as fast and mothers were not dying as fast. And so he went and stood before all of the doctors and said, look, there, there's something going on between here that we can't see. It's invisible, but there's something that's happening. And when my interns are taking care of, of cleaning their hands before they go, this is the, the babies and moms are living. The doctors laughed at him, laughed at him. To the point, watch this, to the point that he stood up in front of them in a, in a conference and said, gentlemen, for God's sake, please wash your hands. Sounds like my wife. And, um, and nobody listened. Watch this, even his own wife thought he was crazy and he got put into an insane asylum and died in one. Because people thought he was just crazy. And then of course years go by and now microscopes are developed and they realized he was on to something. And the reason I say all this is because many Christians are equally naive when it comes to what's happening in their lives because they're just disbelieving. Well, it's just chance, it's just luck, it's just, no, no, no. You have a real devil that does not want anything in your life to succeed. He's after devouring you, destroying you. That's what he is after. So just because you can't see him doesn't make him any less real. And, and of course, uh, the other extreme that we go to is, is we underemphasize him. And then there's the people who overemphasize him. Y'all know some of those people? Like everything is the devil made me do it. Like everything is the devil's, the devil's fault. We've all met those super spiritual, right? They attribute everything to the devil. Like any inconvenience in life is a devil. Like dead battery, devil. Traffic jam, devil. There was a price increase at Walmart, devil. That's the devil. That's the devil. 
they get a speeding ticket on their way to work and they're like, the devil made me do it. No, listen, your lead foot made you do that. Made you go 60 and seven. They, they, got, they got 50 extra pounds in their life right now and they're like, it's the devil, it's the devil. The devil made me do this. No, maybe the fact that you got a blood type called brown gravy that made you do that. So maybe, just maybe, if you say no to the third helping of Popeyes, might actually, you'll be amazed at how the devil seems to leave. Okay, so I mean, I know some people like that. It's the devil everything. Talk to your kids about it. What happened? That was the devil. Who's the devil? You're like the devil right now. You need to watch it. Okay, so, so we need to watch out. We, need to, we don't need to underemphasize the devil. We don't need to overemphasize the devil. You just need to be aware that he is real which leads to point number two. There's more to this life than just the physical. There's more to this life than just the physical. So let's continue to read Ephesians chapter six. Let's read in verse 12, and it says this. Watch this. For our struggle. Come on, look at somebody and tell them the struggle is real. Come on, the struggle's real. I almost named it that one. For our struggle is not against, now this is huge here. The struggle is not against what? Okay, okay, so watch this, watch this. Even if you're facing issues in your marriage, the issue's not with your spouse. If you're facing issues with the kids, the issue's not with your kids, the issue's not with your mother-in-law, the issue is not with your neighbor's dog, okay? This is not the issue. The issue is greater and grander than what you even see in front of you says it's not against flesh and blood, but well, I'm gonna tell you what it is against. It's, it's against the rulers and against the authorities and it's against the powers of this dark world and it's against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Now this word heavenly realms is going to be said five times, five times in this book because there is an earthly realm and there is a heavenly spiritual realm. And we are so tied up, of course, in the earthly realm because it's what we feel and touch and taste and smell and it's all of our five senses are in this. But there is another realm that is just as real as this one that you don't see. And here's the deal, you know it because you feel it. Some of you walked into this, into this room right here and worship started happening. And you're like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's happening here, but I'm, I'm having these, these feelings right now. It's because there's a, there's a spiritual world, there's a spiritual realm that's drawing you in. But just as much as there's a heavenly realm that's drawing you, how many know that hell is also as real and all of the demonic powers are trying to go after you? And Paul believed in this unspiritual, uh, unseen spiritual realm. Jesus believed in this unseen spiritual realm. In fact, Jesus's main ministry was to people who were demonically oppressed. Majority of what he has done is, is, is for those who are demonically oppressed. If you have not, how many of you have seen uh, the new TV series, The Chosen? How many of you have seen, have, have been watching that? If you have not, you need to, by the way. Um, season two just, just launched this out. And uh, you'll see more of this actually in there. And I, and I love this because we live in a physical world with physical bodies, but we also have a spirit. And there is a spiritual side to ourselves that God is drawing us and calling us in. And so this is what I wrote down. What happens in the spiritual realm can have massive impact on what happens in the physical realm. 
And here's why I know you believe it for those who are believers and followers of Christ. If you really do believe that the spiritual realm impacts the physical realm, the reason you believe it is that's why you pray. Is it not? Think about how crazy this is. We talk to someone we can't see. We tell him our problems. We tell him we need him. And then we expect this person we cannot see to do things in our life that we can see. Right? Okay. And so, so you believe it to a degree in some areas of your life, but maybe not in all areas of your life. Because we maybe believe it when it comes to prayer, but then when we start having relational tensions, when we start having discouragement and doubts and depression, we, we, go, to, we go to physical things to try to relieve all that and not realize that that is also needs to be ailed with spiritual medicine. And so God is challenging us in this series for you to, to begin to put on um, some, some new glasses to see not only the physical things that are happening in front of you, but to see the spiritual realm of what's happening behind you. And I'm, I'm gonna tell you this, this is why this is so important, because if you can understand and tap into what God is doing in the supernatural and the spiritual, you'll fight differently. You'll fight differently. You won't try to take things into your hands because you're gonna be strong in the power of his might. In God's might, this invisible God that we know, and think about how just crazy that sounds. We serve an invisible God. And yet all of our lives, many of us in here, maybe not all, but many of us in here have been radically transformed by an invisible God that sends an invisible Holy Spirit to live on the inside of me that I can't see, but I can experience. Are y'all with me? It's change. Okay, so, so the devil's real. There is more to this life than the physical world. Ready, here we go, number three, and you are in a fight. You are in a fight. Ephesians now, six thirteen. this is what it tells us, watch this. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that, come on, let's say that, so that, watch this, it doesn't say if, it says when, because when that day of evil comes, hey, which by the way, I think we're in it. I don't think it's a matter of when, I think it's a matter of now. And, and just if you're aware of what we're in right now, so, so you need to put on the full armor. When the day of evil comes, you may be able to, here's that word again, stand your ground, stand your ground. We're gonna talk about that in this series as well. What does that look like? And after you have done everything to stand, to stand. Tuesday, June 6, 1944, a day that went down in history. 6.30 a.m., 5,000 ships, U.S. ships, stormed the beaches of Normandy. 160,000 U.S. soldiers stormed this beach, of course, to, to go against the, uh, the invasion. And uh, we know this as D-Day. It's exactly right. Um, and some of the men who survived this day said that while they were on the way to the beaches, over the intercom of the, the boats, they said this, fight to get your troops ashore, fight to save your ships, and if you've got any strength left, fight to save yourself. 
Another thing that came over the intercom was, we may die on the sands of France, but we will never turn back. Over 2,500 Americans died that day, and many of them in the span of the first 10 minutes as soldiers had to crawl over the bodies of their friends to get to the beaches of Normandy. Now watch this. This is, this is why this is so huge. These guys were very well aware they were going to the beaches of France for a battle, not for a vacation. They didn't bring their towels and blankets and, and, and their umbrella and their rubby-ducky. These guys brought ammo and helmets and gears and bombs and everything else because they knew what they were stepping into. They knew they were walking headfirst into the onslaught of an enemy with one full mission to take them out. This was a fight. And Paul is saying in Ephesians that when you signed up to say, Jesus, I give you my life, I dedicate my life to you, I will follow you all the days of my life, Paul says, there's a fight. Let's go. You were like, man, I thought I signed up for like blessings and God's riches and forgiveness and healing and heaven. Yeah, you get all that stuff, but with a fight. With a fight. Like you are now more than ever on the enemy's radar screen. None of those guys got off of the, got off of the boat and goes, hey, hey, why are they shooting at us? We come in peace. No guy, I love watching MMA. I love, I love it. My wife hates it. She's like, there's blood all over the place. I was like, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and, and they'll, they'll do, you know, this, this choke thing where they'll, they'll get behind them and they'll choke them out. And the only way that they can get out of it is if they, and then all of a sudden they give. And it's the craziest thing because these guys want to kill each other. And then after he taps out, the guy's like hugging him. I love you, man. I love you. <laughs> I watched a Dustin Poirier fight. After he got up, he, he looked at the guy and he's like, you're a great father. You're a great father. I'm thinking, you just wanted to kill that dude. So watch this, watch this. But nobody steps into that ring and goes, wait, wait, wait. Why are you throwing punches? Don't kick me. They are very well aware that when they step into the ring, just as much as a soldier is when they step onto the battleground, like it's coming at me. It's coming at me. And it's crazy because we give our lives to Jesus and then all of a sudden, we got some stress, we got some pressure, we got some stuff coming at us, people are now critical of us, things happen and we're like, whoa, 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 hold up. Where's the blessing stuff? Like, I thought I was supposed to get a promotion. Why did I get fired? Like, what's going on here? Like, and, and we start, why am I, why am I having these issues with my, in my marriage now? It seemed like everything was going good. You need to understand that if, if you weren't experiencing any of those struggles before, maybe it's because you weren't a threat. I'll even go as far as maybe if you're not experiencing any fight right now, it could be that you're not a threat. But as soon as you step on the battlefield and you let the enemy know, I'm here to take some ground, you ain't gonna have your way anymore. I mean, no, he's now shooting. Ephesians 6 says, like fiery darts coming at you, just coming, just coming, coming for your mind, coming for your heart, coming for your kids, coming for your marriage. He is coming after you. You are in a fight. And so here's what I want you to write this down. Um, watch. Actually, I'm going to show you a picture of it. Did you show a picture of it? This was uh, the picture of these guys. I think there's one more. I mean, just imagine coming off of this thing into all this and just people shooting. There's tons of movies and documentaries. You can go watch this as well. 
But just the bravery of these men, the, the mindset of these men to go on it. Watch this, because just as much as this is in the physical, the Christian life is not a playground, it's a battleground. It's not a playground, it's a battleground. Why, man, why has this been just such a hard season? Because you're in a battleground, we're in a fight. You ever heard people say stuff like this, like, why isn't life easier? Why do things have to be so hard? Why do I feel like the world is so against me? Maybe the fact that you're in a fight is the exact reason why God has you exactly where you're at. Maybe it is confirmation that you are at exactly where God wants you to go. I love what Andy Stanley, he said it this way. If you wanna see evidence for the demonic, you won't find it by looking through a microscope, but by looking in the rearview mirror of your life. Can you just look back and see, watch this, for all of us in here, look back and see how there were certain temptations that were just perfectly timed for a moment in your life where you were discouraged, where you were depressed, where you were alone, where you were struggling, like the enemy somehow had a perfect moment, tailor-made, because by the way, he is so strategic so as a hunter, as a duck hunter, when I go into that blind and we put out decoys, I don't go out and put out like a bunch of cats. <laughs> like that'll, that'll call them in, <laughs> like it's not happening. Anyways, they're demonic anyway. So we got, okay, so, hey, the devil is a lion. That's, no, I'm joking, so, so, well, so is Jesus. But anyways, okay, we'll go there. So, so, I, I know what to put out to draw them in. So maybe some of you, like, drugs isn't your thing, but for others it is. Maybe pornography and lust isn't really a big struggle for you, but gossip is. Maybe, maybe it's a run to an alcohol at, at a moment. Maybe it's run to... Maybe it's shopping, gotta use it up. I, it's all different for all of us, but I do know that the hunter can tailor his specific temptations to you based off of what you struggle with. Maybe you struggle with your dad's acceptance of you, and so the enemy brings a man to come and fill that void, but that man is not a God man, that man is a chump but you settle for the chump because you got issues with your dad. But, but the devil knows that. The devil knows that. Maybe you've got issues. Don't be pointing. Okay, y'all don't be pointing at anybody. <laughs> I told you. He's here at church, okay? Just let him be here. No, I'm joking. So, so do y'all see though? Y'all see how this happens? Like you, like you got hurt at a church and then, and then you came to our church and then someone didn't say hi to you. And so all of a sudden, now you're like, see, they're just like, all churches are like that. There's nobody. Somebody didn't call you at just the right moment when you felt like you should have been called. And now the devil goes, see, nobody cares. Nobody cares. Or it was just the right lie that was planted right in your head just at the right time. You've been struggling with not feeling enough, and then you get fired. And then, it, and, and then we have this bias and this narrative that's in our mind 
that's constant. We're gonna get way more into this next week and the weeks to come. But I'm just, I'm just chumming the waters here a little bit. Because I deal with this just as much as you do. And the enemy knows very specifically how to plant some stuff. Maybe there was suspicion that was in your heart and then the enemy found a way to, to add to that suspicion just at the right time. Maybe you've been struggling with what people say about you. Then you go home and somebody says something about you. And you're like, ah! <laughs> or maybe, y'all see how this plays out? And, and this is how, how strategic the enemy is. And he can do a perfect storm of driving a wedge in your marriage and driving a wedge in your friendships or in your life group or in you name it. He's so good at this. And, and we, we go, man, look at him. I can't believe him. And can look at her. And man, she just needs to do this. Could it be that it's not an issue with them or you? It's an issue that the enemy has planted now. And if you would recognize the real enemy and stop shooting each other, but instead shoot the one that is coming after it, how many know we might, we might be able to do something? The church is the only one that shoots itself. Like we're on the ground because of friendly fire. Like, we need to be the, the people who rally around and go, man, I see the work of the enemy to try to drive a wedge here, and I'm not going to let that happen. I'm not going to let that happen. So if I have an offense with you, I'm going to talk to you. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking to you. And people don't understand how to do this. They just don't. Well, I know what he meant. No, you don't. You have no clue. I, I, I'm just telling you, this divides marriages. This divides families. This divides jobs. This divides churches. This divides friendships. When we, when we can't talk to people about our offenses. I was telling our guys at the herd yesterday, you know, I've really had to grow in learning how to have difficult conversations. And I don't even know why I'm talking about all this, but it's coming. And I said that I... The struggle has been, my fear has always been, if I have this difficult conversation with my wife, with my kids, with my friends, with a leader, with whatever, there's a 60% chance they're gonna be offended and leave. But here's what I've learned. If I don't have the conversation, there's a 100% chance they'll never change. And I'll never change. And so if you wanna have a great marriage, you gotta get into it. And when you see the enemy attacking, you've gotta say, pause, Let's just talk about what's really going on here. Let's fight the real enemy instead of fighting with each other. Let's fight what we're actually, because how many know the devil wants us to be fighting with each other more than fighting him? And so you need to know you're in a fight. John 10, 10, the thief comes only to what? To steal and to, and to, and here's Jesus though. Jesus says, man, but I've come that you may have life and you might have it to the full. Watch this, watch this. Whether you believe this or not, Satan's not after your marriage. He's not after your kids. He's not after your money. He's not after your house. You know what he's after? He's after your faith. He's after your faith in God. Hold up the shield of faith for the fiery darts can't come against it. What happens when you don't have faith and you don't have a shield? Some of you have... Are, are, are on the battlefield with no faith in God. 
So you're getting hit left and right constantly and the enemy has isolated you and driven you away and all of these things that have happened because he's, he's, and he uses money and he uses marriage and he uses kids and he uses all these things to do this in us, but he's not after that. He's after your faith. And if he can get your faith, then he can probably get the faith of your family. If he get the faith of your family, he can get the faith of the generations that come after your family. Y'all see how this works? So he can get you into an addiction and he can get you into a place then that can affect the generations to come. So the question then begs to be asked. So where do we start in all this? In round one, where do we go? Let me answer that question with four thoughts. Number one, daily submit yourself to God. Daily submit to, how do we get engaged in this fight? How do we start? You first daily submit yourself to God. Let me show you what scripture says. James chapter four, verse seven. Everybody tell me the first word. Okay, listen, this isn't a word men say to wives. This is a word that God says to us. All right, which by the way, a woman would do this with a man if he would do this one first. Yeah, I didn't get a lot of amens on that one. Okay, that's all right. All right, so, so if he does use this against you, just tell him, James 4, go read that one. Okay, so it says, sub- <laughs> I'm giving ammo in the wrong guns. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Okay, so submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Watch this. What's the next one? Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will Draw near to you. Watch this next one. It says, cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double mind. Okay, go back to the verse before this. Now watch this, watch this. This is in order. How do we start? Submit. Submit. Oh man, I'm ready to go. Give me the punching. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Yeah, he's gonna take you out. This is, this is in order. Watch this. I'm gonna tell you why this is in order. And some of you understand this because you've been trying to fight a fight without God and you are exhausted right now. Because this this verse tells us that when I submit to God and God gives me his authority, now my authority allows me to resist the devil. This is huge here, ready? You're only as strong as the authority you're submitted under. If I went to any of y'all's car, you know, we're on the way out and you drove and then I'm honking, ha, 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 ha. And you pull over and I come up to your door and I go, you were speeding. You'd be like, so, I mean, what do you want to do? S- slow down. Okay. That's a totally different ball game than if you're driving down and you see, and then a guy comes up with a badge on. And your heart's like, you know, racing. Y'all know what I mean? When you see that, you see those lights. Y'all ever passed them and then you saw the lights, you're like, Jesus, no, Jesus, no. Jesus, I will give more this week. I will love you more. I will honor you. Y'all know what I'm saying? Y'all, y'all ever felt that? You're like, you're, you're like, just drops in you. Okay, all right. That doesn't happen when I come to your window. Why? Because I don't have the authority to do anything. But Kobe Turner has that authority. And when the chief says something, you go, yes, sir, yes, sir, okay? And so this is, this is huge here, watch this. Because he comes in the authority of the badge that was given to him. 
Some of us are trying to fight an enemy under our own name. And if you read scripture, it says there's, there are, there's a time where the disciples tried to do it in their own power and they got, they got <laughs> we'll share that story later on, but, but <laughs> demon jumped up on them and got them, busted them up naked and all this stuff. It's craziness, crazy story. When you understand your authority though, you can, you can take the demands. Okay, and this is what I'm praying for us in this series that you understand the authority that God has given you, but he doesn't give you authority on your own. It's under the mighty power of his power, his grace. I mean, no, only demons bow to the name of Jesus, not Josh. So when I say in Josh's name, the demon's like, ha, ha, ha. But there is something that's very different. If you go into my house and one of my boys goes, hey, Josiah, I want you to take out the trash. Ha, ha, ha. Dad said take out the trash. Okay, right now. All right. Because there's a different authority level that comes with that. And so here's the question. What authority are you walking in? And it first has to come to submission to God. We submit underneath that. I'm walking in the power of Jesus. Number two, once I've submitted to God and allowed him to take over my life, I now, number two, daily recognize and demolish any strongholds. I have to recognize and then demolish. And we're gonna get a whole lot more into this in the weeks to come, but I want us just to give us something to start thinking through. So 2 Corinthians 10, four says, the weapons that we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to do what? To demolish strongholds, to demolish strongholds. Strongholds is a military term for a fortified place. In the ancient world, in very prosperous cities, they would have these massively huge walls that would go around the city. Many of them would be 20 to 30 feet wide. I mean, massive, huge, tall. But inside of the city would also be a fortified tower called a stronghold, which you could go into uh, if something was to happen and those outside walls to get breached, they could get people into the smaller place and then you could defend it a lot easier. This was a stronghold, a tower that you could run to. This is why Psalms when David says that God is a strong tower that I can run into. He is safety and refuge in his strong tower. This is what he's speaking of, but how the enemy uses this is the enemy has a stronghold in our lives. And a stronghold is a prisoner that has been locked by a lie or a deception. And scripture tells us that God has given us weapons to demolish these spiritual strongholds. And so the enemy, so I just started writing down things yet again, we're going to talk way more about this next week. Um, but let me just give you some beginnings of some, some strongholds in your life you might can start identifying because we've got to identify them first before we can demolish them. Addictions, anger, comparison, unforgiveness, pride, fear, anxiety, depression, despair, criticism, gluttony. All of these can be strongholds that are in our life that the enemy has now taken root. Bitterness, these things you don't realize, but these things control you. They control you. So we've got to recognize those things and then God gives us the power to demolish those things. We'll talk how to demolish those things next week, but the first thing is for you just to recognize what those are. What, what are those? God can never use me. There's one. I'm blank enough. There's another. I'll never get this. There's one. I can't do that. There's one. 
let me, let me pose it this way. What is it that when someone says to you, you push back against it? There's your stronghold. There's your stronghold. I'm not a good enough parent. I'm not a good enough this. I'm not smart enough. I'm not, I don't look good enough. I don't, I mean, you can find it. Maybe it's something that you run to constantly to find source and satisfaction rather than running to the Lord. Maybe it's something from a hurt that happened in your past that you just can't get over. You say you got over it, but then something triggers it and reminds you you did not get over it. So you need to understand that these things need to be identified and they need to be demolished. But have no fear. God can help you demolish them. Number three, daily engage in the fight. Notice I'm, I'm adding the word daily because this is, how many know the fight is daily? Hey, by the way, if you only fight on Sundays, <laughs> you probably struggle Monday through Saturday then. Because this fight is not, it doesn't, it's not like you leave the church and it's like, okay, vacation, where's the rubber ducky? Hey, by the way, this probably is more vacation than it is out there. Because <laughs> then you go out there and you're like, what the? They're, they're just coming for you. They're coming for you. So you gotta, you gotta engage in it, which is verse five now. It says we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we, what do we do? Take captive every thought. We take captive every thought and we make it obedient to Christ. This word take captive every thought means to, to take a prisoner of war. And one of the things that they would do um, would when a city stronghold, when they, when they got through to the main walls and then they were actually able to overrun the stronghold as well and take, take over the city as a whole, what an opposing enemy would do is they would, they would come in and they would take all of the people as prisoners and they would parade them through the city, like on chains, like parading them through, like this is ours now. We have dominion over this. And what Paul is trying to do is give us an imagery of what happens when a thought comes in your life, which by the way, you can't control what you think, but you can control how you think about it. So I can't always control what comes into my mind, but I do get to control what stays in my mind. And so this is why we take, it thought, we take that thing captive, we take it prisoner, and then we parade it around and say, because of Jesus and what he's done on the cross, this is no longer true. This is no longer true. Which by the way, the way that you do that is you understand and know God's word. Because if you don't know God's word, you don't know truth. And if you don't know truth, you believe a lie. And so it's important for you to understand the truth because the truth immediately can reveal that that's a lie. And so it's important for you to understand what God's word has to say about you, about God, about your situation. You've got to know your Bibles and watch this. It's not just my responsibility to teach it. It's your responsibility to know it. Four amens on that one. Okay. All right. Like, isn't that your job? No, it's not my job. My job is to open up God's word and, and present it in a way that hopefully it comes alive to you and the spirit of God breathes through it, through it. But it is your job to get in it and to know it and to memorize it and to find scriptures that apply to the things that are going on in your life so that when, when I, the devil wants to isolate you, you go, no, 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 I am planted in the house. God has put people around me. There's so many one another's that have helped me, that encouraged me. Like when your finances are going crazy, you go, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. And when you feel like you're the last and the least, you say, no, God is an overcomer. Greater is he who is in me than he that is in the world. Like God, you've got to start quoting these things. You've got to start saying, these things are like, like ammo in the, in the gun. 
Which by the way, one of the ways that we try to help with this is we have our daily Devo that we do every, how many of you get the daily Devos every day? Come on, how many of you enjoy them, you love them? I, I, I hope, listen, I know me maybe don't watch all of them. I don't, just letting you know. I watch them when I can get to them. Uh, but we have, we, we put so much effort into these things. If you don't get the daily Devos, I encourage you to get it. You can uh, text daily Devos to 94,000. And uh, tomorrow morning, 7 a.m., it'll start back again. You get a text every day with a video of one chapter that we're reading through the scriptures. But these, these verses that we're reading in this series, these verses that we're doing in daily Devos, these are bullets in your spiritual gun. It's time to engage in the fight. And last but not least, number four is to daily enforce the victory. Daily enforce the victory. Now I wanna share a incredible scripture to wrap this entire message up. And it's found in Romans chapter eight. I want you to see this here. Watch this, this is so good. So for those who are like, oh man, it just feels like a fight, it just feels so much. Here's the good news. The good news is Romans eight says this. No, despite all these things, everybody help me with this. Overwhelming. Come on, we're gonna just say that one again. Overwhelming, say it again. Overwhelming victory is ours. You're like, well, you don't, you don't see what I see. I don't have to. I don't have to. You go, well, man, I, what if it doesn't get better? Overwhelming victory is yours. Uh, and by the way, let me just make sure I debunk this. This doesn't mean that everything that happens in your life goes to plan how you think it should go. Sometimes there are death to things and things are divided and things don't go the way that you plan, but overwhelming victory is ours, meaning that what God paid for, what God decided, and what God's plan is for your life will always come to pass, even if it looks different than how you think it should go. Okay, so I don't want us to subscribe to the stuff that if I just go, overwhelming victory is mine, like you're gonna get a raise. It doesn't happen that way. Okay, it does not happen this way. Watch this, watch this. Following Jesus is the best and the hardest. It's the best, but it is the hardest. And it's even harder when you try to do it without the power of the Holy Spirit. It says overwhelming victory is ours through Christ. So this is where our victory comes from because, hey, you wanna make the devil scared? You wanna make the devil mad? Just remind them he's lost and the cross is won. Remind them that the grave, last week we talked about that, with the grave he came out. Just remind them of that. Christ, he loved us. And so because of all of this, and you need to go read the rest of Romans 8, because Romans 8 is one of the best chapters in all of scripture. But because of everything that happened before verse 37, and now because of everything that's happening right now in verse 37, I am convinced and this is my prayer in this series, that we will convince you and that God will open your eyes to see some things that maybe you haven't seen in a long time and that you would be convinced that nothing can ever separate you from God's love. Now he's going to begin to go through the things that try to separate us from God. He says, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither are fears for today, nor are about tomorrow. Some of y'all just need to read that one again. Not our fears of today and not our worries for tomorrow. How's this going to play out? Don't worry about it. 
God's got this. I'm just just so so afraid of where my kids are right now. No, 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 no. God's got this. Ain't no demon that's ever going to do that. No death, no demon, no fears, no worries. Not even the powers of hell. Not even the powers of hell. They can give all that they got, the best that they got, but not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. Yes, you're gonna still face some fights, but hey, listen, we have the overwhelming victory because of what Christ did on the cross and the resurrection that he has for us. There's nothing that you will ever face that will jeopardize your eternal security in Christ. And next week, we'll talk about the battle of the mind and we'll talk about the fight that we wrestle through and how the enemy uses that and how God wants to retrain that and use it in a way that that can actually bring incredible life to us and those around us. But today, as round one comes to a close, have you submitted your life to Christ? And I'm not even just talking about salvation. That of course is the first, but some of you got saved and then after you got saved said, okay, God, I got this. And you've been, you've been, putting, you've been putting the gloves on and putting the gloves on and you have been fighting and fighting and fighting but in the power of your might and if you would be just willing to say God now I want you to come and give me strength and watch this I'm, I'm going to tell you how this works because when God wants to fight by the way there are times that God does things that he doesn't need us but oftentimes when God wants to fight he comes and does something through you and he fights through you And so um, some of you right now, as you're thinking through, and this is what I want you to just to think through, I want you to identify what are the things right now that you have been fighting the most. It might be an internal battle. It might be a relational battle. It might be an emotional or spiritual thing. But I pray that today that you would have some eyes to see it through a new lens and that realize that maybe God is doing something in this and, and there is a real enemy as many of y'all know, last weekend, my, my son was in a really, really bad place. Um, he's having massive, massive migraines, throwing up constantly. And it was Easter weekend. And, uh, and I went to war. I just reminded the devil that he can't have my son. I reminded him that this is demonic and that God has anointed this little boy to preach the good news and that God's hand is on him. And I, I began to whisper into my son's ear what God has spoken over him. And we still took him to the doctor. We took him to the hospital. We did things in the practical that we needed to do. But I also did things in the spiritual that I know I needed to do as well. Are y'all with me today? We do both. Maybe you do need to go see a counselor. Yeah, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But you also need to pray, like, believing that God's, come on, how many know we have the chief counselor that can do things that no other counselor can do? I'm just, I'm just here today to tell you, listen, and I, I've had so many people our staff has went through hell kids getting sick struggles and marriages hardships wrecks even things appliances going out come on how many know somebody that's demonic (laughs) but it's just to discourage us and discourage our faith and to get us get us off off that and so um i'm very well aware that we are we are walking into a season where we are telling the enemy we're not backing down, we're taking a stand. And I also realize he ain't gonna like that.
I realize in a couple of weeks, we're gonna have freedom conference. All hell is about to break loose to make sure that that doesn't happen. But I'm here today to tell you, we're gonna see some freed, spirit-filled, set free, Holy Ghost people that are gonna take some. So Father, right now in this moment, we just, um, we, we resubmit our lives to you. Resurrendering, reinviting you to come and, and uh, fill us fresh. God, give us eyes to see the battle that is ahead of us. That maybe for many of us, we have, um, we have labeled the wrong thing. I pray God right now that we would begin to do, do war in the spiritual. We would begin to go to, to work in seeing you do what you can do in the power of your might. Not in my might, we surrender our might. God, we step into your might today. And Father, I just pray for every person today, Lord, that is, uh, that is going through a fight right now. God, that you would help them, encourage them. God, I pray, may, the, may faith rise up in this place. Faith rise up, that faith shield begin to rise up again. God, may, may we see the assignment of the enemy, the lies that he has spoken, the strongholds that he's put. God, may we identify those and begin the process of demolishing every stronghold in our life so we can live fully the purposes that you have for us. God, we just thank you, Lord, for your word and thank you for your spirit in this place. God, I, I pray, Lord, for every person that's in here that maybe has never surrendered their life. And if that's you, the very first thing in this is to recognize that, that there has been an all-out assault for you to never surrender your life to Jesus. But today, that day, can, that day can change everything. It's as simple as ABC. We admit that we're sinners and apart from him, we can do nothing. We can't earn our way into a relationship with God. We can't earn our way into heaven. We can't go to church enough. We can't pray enough, give enough. There's nothing that's in us that can save ourselves, but because of the incredible grace and love of Jesus that came, lived a life that you and I couldn't live, died a death you and I deserve to die. He took our sins on his body. He paid for our shame and our guilt, and he died for it, but he rose again to give us a relationship with God. If we would confess that he is Lord, surrender our life to him, he can come in and give you a new heart, new life, if that's you in this room and you've never prayed that prayer, I wanna pray for you. For those that are online right now, if that's you as well, man, I wanna pray for you. Just say, today I surrender my life. Would you just pray this with me? Say, say, dear Lord Jesus, I submit my life to you. Take my shame, my sinfulness, my selfishness, my guilt. Thank you for paying for it on the cross. Today, I confess that you are Lord of my life. I repent of my sins, I turn from that, and I turn to you. Be my savior, be my Lord from this day forward. Holy Spirit, fill me, help me, empower me. Give me eyes to see what you want me to see from this day forward. I'll follow you with all of my heart, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's celebrate today with all those that...